So yesterday we explained in, in the book, we're on page Ayin Vav. Yesterday we explained the difference between the two scepters. The golden scepter that Esther receives just the head of, that she just touches the head of the golden scepter, or where she receives the whole entire scepter, that the whole scepter becomes hers, becomes connected to her. And we explained the differences that the head of the scepter represents the way that the energy of godliness flows through Seder Hishtalshlos, and it's only the edge that reaches below here where we are. And even for that, we have to lift ourselves up in order to be able to touch. And that's what Shabbos and Yom Tev is like. Shabbos and Yom Tev is an extra infusion, an extra flow, an extra burst of godliness flowing through Seyed Hishtalshlos to re... to, to re-enliven it, to give it new life, to give it new chios. And that's what Shabbos and Yom Tov, what occurs in Shabbos and Yom Tov, that we want to step up, rise up outside of the world, cease our mundane activities in order to be able to be infused by this extra infusion. However, when Mashiach comes, and this is what we're going to discuss now in these coming lines in the Maimer, when Mashiach comes, it won't just be an extra infusion inside of Seyed Hishtalslus. When Mashiach comes, then Hashem will be here. The essence of Hashem will be here. Because the extra infusion has nothing to do with the essence of Hashem, like we just discussed. As far as the essence of Hashem is concerned, there is no Seder Hishtal But Hashem, the essence of Hashem, wanted that there should be a Seder Hishtal As we know, according to Chassidus, the answer to the famous philosophical question, which is discussed at length in many Jewish writings, why did Hashem create the world? And the answer is given on many different levels. But according to Chassidus, the main answer, the fundamental response to this question is because Hashem had a taiva. You know what a taiva is? You don't know what a taiva is. You don't have any taivas. A taiva is when... To watch a soccer game is a taiva. Because it doesn't make any sense, right? Just like many other things which we do. It doesn't make any sense. It's just a taiva. Why do you want to sit and watch a soccer game? It's one thing to sit and watch something which is like a a Rebbe video, that you're hearing a message, an inspiration, you're getting lifted up. But to sit and watch a soccer game, soccer is just a game. And the only advantage of the game is actually playing it. To watch a bunch of other people running around and getting exercise and kicking a ball around. What are you getting out of that? You're not getting any exercise. You're not getting any satisfaction. And yet you're rooting for your team to win. That's if a type of Frechtman concussionist. And especially to be a Mets fan instead of a, a, a Cardinals fan or whatever. 
right? Which is Tanchum. That, that, <laughs> eagles. Um, so, so that is a, it's a taiva. Why are you a, a, an Eagles fan? Why don't you root for the other team? Who cares? Who cares which guy it is running around out there in the field, kicking a ball? Does it really? And yet, there's this taiva. Okay, now I'm sorry, this is below. This is a crazy taiva below. But the bottom line is that when you're looking at a taiva, a taiva is something that comes from deep inside. It comes from the atzim. So who had a taiva to have a dear Yisbarach B'Tachtenim? The taiva was a taiva not of Atzilus. Atzilus didn't have a taiva. Atzilus is the result of the taiva. Not Chachma of Atzilus, not Malchus of Atzilus, certainly not Bria, Yitzir, Asiya. Not even Ak. Not Havaya, not Yudke Vavke. Who had a taiva? Hashem himself. Hashem wanted to have a dear Leisbach B'tachtenim. Why? If a taiva frekt min kenkashenist. You can't ask any questions on a taiva. Obviously, lahavdul havdalas adin kates lamayla, but the bottom line still applies. The rule of if a taiva frekt min kenkashenist applies in both directions. So... Hashem had a taiva to have a dear leisbarach b'tachtenim. So despite the fact that we're saying that the world doesn't exist as far as Hashem is concerned in the analogy because Hashem is like the magician doing the sleight of hand and therefore for him there is no magic trick that's occurring in the first place. But he had a taiva. And his taiva was to have a dira here in our world. Why someone would want to make a dira here in our world Beyond me. Not something that I'm qualified to ask or answer. Beyond me. But that's the bottom line. So when Mashiach comes, who is going to be? Lemata betachtenim. Hashem himself. Not Atzilus. Not Ak. Not Havaya. Hashem himself. Atzmus Ma'uz. That's who's going to be here. When Mashiach comes, there's going to be the essence of Hashem below. And that's something which doesn't occur now. Now, the best we could get is a Shabbos or Yom Tiv when there's this extra infusion from our Ein Saif, but as it's being flowed, as it's being um, structured and as it's going down through Seder Shtalsos, so the best we can get is the Rosh Hasharbit, the head of the scepter. Uh, how can you say that Hashem isn't changed if, and while also saying that He cares about us? That, so the answer is that Hashem essentially is not changed, just like you essentially are not changed when you win the Connect Four game. If you win the Monopoly game, can you pay your bills better? Can you buy a nicer car? Depends how big that was. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 so now you're talking real money already. Hashem himself was not changed. We're in what in what <laughs> way is Hashem changed? Because Hashem chose to care. Why did Hashem choose to care? 
That's a bechira, a free choice that's coming from Hashem that's rooted in the above-mentioned taiva. Bechira is something which comes from essence, and taiva is something which comes from even deeper inside of essence. So it's a bechira, a free choice, that comes from this taiva. And that's why, in what way Hashem cares. But not because essentially it affects him. To him, it's like the sleight of hand to the magician, which doesn't really exist. So, am I correct in saying that when we talk about a taiva in atzmais, it's like there's like lower levels of atzmais. That's to say, like you have extreme atzmais where it's all total oneness, but then you get to a level where you're going to say tainug, taiva, rachamin, but these are lower levels that are just before. The taiva is not a lower level in atzmais. The taiva is atzmais. Atzmais is the origination of this taiva. And being that Atmos is the origination of this taiva, the taiva is loy yisbarach, for him, blessed be he, meaning for the essence of Hashem, that he, he himself, should have a dira b'tachtayna. But if he's making a choice, how could it be that he's making the a choice, choice but also not making a choice? Because if, if he's making a choice, then he's not making other choices. If he's making a choice, right. So I don't understand. Because the concept then, of then making a choice... He's going in one direction instead of other directions. But wouldn't Atzimus would have to be every direction? Right? He's saying, I'm going to... like Say he wants to create the world and not create the world. There's two choices. But if it, like to say, I'm going to create the world, then that's making one choice. Then wouldn't that be a change? So you're asking that seemingly a choice implies a certain an inherent limitation in a certain direction. Mm-hmm. And by Atzimus, there should be no limitation in a certain direction. That's a question which is a paradox which I can't respond to. Let's read. Let's read now and let's see how the mime is going to address that. But in the future, when Mashiach comes, Yisgala, there will be a revelation of Ur Hashem Begiloi, of the light of Hashem in a revealed way. Begiloi Rav, in a great revelation, or Begiloi Rav in a great and powerful revelation. So Hashem will be revealed in a great revelation and in a powerful revelation. Here below in this world, the Hainu, that means, that means drawing down Hashem's godliness, Hashem's essence, from a level of Ani Hashem Leishonisi, I am Hashem, I have not changed, which is the level of Hoya Hoya Berega Echad. Remember when we learned the Maimani Havaya Liba Israel, the Rebbe explained over there that in Havaya there are different levels. And there's the level of Havaya, which is the Hishavos, the existence of the worlds. And there's the level of Havaya, which is which is completely higher than the existence of the worlds, which is the level of Havaya as it is Shem Ha'etzem. Um, uh, the, the, the Rebbe divided it over there, but which is the, the essence of godliness, which is completely outside of the world. 
v'ro'u kol basar be'ene haseichel gashmi, and all flesh will see. What does it mean, all flesh will see? That you'll be able to see with your eyes. Be'ene haseichel gashmi, with the physical eyes of the brain, is the way that the Maim of here puts it. That means that with your Intellect, you will be able to perceive ki elekeinu ze. We said the pasuk earlier. Behold, this is our God. You'll be able to point to it, so to speak, with your finger. You'll be able to perceive it in your physical mind, as opposed to now, which is something which is completely imperceivable. And this revelation will be below specifically here, below in this world. As Chazal say, on the verse, It's a Pasuk that Bilam said, in his prophecy, in Parshas Balak, Ka'es, currently, Yoimer Yaakov, you will say to Yaakov, Uli Yisrael, and to Yisrael, Ma'po'al Kel, what did Kel accomplish? Shemalachi Hasharis Yishaluzo Yislat Tzadikim. And that the angels will ask the tzaddikim, meaning the nishmas Yisrael, they will turn to the nishmas Yisrael, and they will turn to them to ask, where is God? Now currently, the angels say, Ayei, where is the place of his honor? This is from Kesser on Shabbos. We say these words, Where is the place of his honor? And this word, is known to be very powerful Kabbalistically. In fact, in certain Nuscha'is, when the Chazan says the word, you can pray for anything that you need. Because it's a very powerful moment in our tefillah, this idea of Aye, where is Mekoim Kaveda? And in other places in Chsidist Alter Rebbe explains that this concept of Aye, Mekoim Kaveda, is not a question, but an answer. Aye, where is it? Something which is completely aloof, something which is completely beyond us. Something which we have no possibility of grasping on our own. But that's the way it is currently. That it's aloof, that it's outside. But when Mashiach comes, they will no longer say, where is? Because it won't be a question, where is? The answer will be, the answer will be, look, the whole earth is filled with his COVID. You could see him tangibly down below in Asiya Gashmis, inside of this world. And this is what it says with regard to when Mashiach comes. Currently, 
the Knesset Yisrael, the Yiddish neshama, or the source of the Jewish soul, is on a level of Isha. It's a level of a wife. And the Eibishter, the godliness inside of Seydish Dalshlus, that's the level of Bala, her husband. And the Bala, the husband, the reason why it's called such, like we described several days ago, is the Mashpia, it's the influencer, and the Isha is the Mechabal, the recipient that it receives from these higher levels. But with regard to the time when Mashiach comes, it says in the verse in Mishle that a woman of valor will be a crown around her husband. When Mashiach comes, the Yidin will be a crown above Baila, this godliness inside of the world. Then the Yidin, then the Knesset Yisrael will be the influencer and the Baila, the level of godliness that previously was a mashpia, to it will be the recipient. The light of godliness that flows through Seder Shalshulos and eventually becomes the Reish Hasharbit, which we're able to reach out and touch, that enters into her currently is called Baila, her husband. In the future, when Mashiach comes, the Yidin will be on a much higher level. They will be a terrace baila. They will be above this godliness currently. And they will be the one who is stronger, who is higher. So in all of this, what we're saying is that when Mashiach comes, everything will change. Currently, there's this structure where we're standing on the bottom with our hands lifted upward in order to be able to receive and touch the flow as it reaches us. But when Mashiach comes, we're going to be connected with the source itself. And in this way, we're going to be a terrace baila. We're going to be connected to the essence itself. Lachain ksiv, therefore it says in the verse, Nafla kum She fell. She can no longer get up the Besula of Israel, the, the, the girl of Israel. She fell and she can no longer get up. See, this is the source of the statement in Amos, in the Anavi in Amos. Not any later um, uh, authors, What does that mean? She fell and she can no longer get up. That sounds pretty difficult, right? In Rashi, 
Rashi explains that this is a prophecy about the time when Mashiach comes, that then there will only be one king, the king of Yehuda, and Besulas Yisrael is a reference to the ten Shvatim, they will no longer have a king of their own anymore. She fell and she will no longer get up. In other words, from forever and ever, there will only be a king to Yehuda. But the Maimer over here explains on a much deeper level. Perush shalayia shayichla bechinas kima va'alia kiyia ur Hashem begilu rav lamata yeser. Currently, if you want to refine yourself, if you want to inspire yourself, if you want to excite yourself, what do you need to do? You need to go outside of your current circumstance. You need to climb higher. You need to go outside of the mundane world in order to connect to spirituality you need to close your eyes to the taivas of this world in order that you should be connected to a taiva of loving Hashem, and so on and so forth. You need to lift yourself up. But when Mashiach comes, that means she will stay here below. She will no longer need to rise up. Because where will the highest revelation be here. There's nowhere else to go. You want it, it's all here. The whole scepter is right down here below. And there's nowhere to climb up because there's nothing higher. It will no longer be relevant for her a level of kima, of getting up, aliyah, rising, because the greatest revelation, the ultimate revelation of godliness will be here below specifically. The question is, the question that David asked earlier, how? How does that make sense? It's seemingly a contradiction in terms. It's impossible for Atzmos to be begiloi, to be revealed. Kal etzem bilti miskala. If it's Atzmos, it can't be revealed. It's the opposite of revelation. So the Maimer explains the secret to this is the secret to everything. What's the secret to everything? We learned in Basilegani as well in as well as in other Maimarim, the secret to everything is Eskafya Vesapcha. That's the bottom line. You could have a lot of Kabbalistic ideas and understandings and perceptions, etc. etc. Bez Hashem, you're going to continue to learn many deep and long and complicated Hemshechim of Chsidis. You're gonna learn Ranat and you're gonna learn Samachvav and you're going to learn Ayim Bez and so on and so forth. But the bottom line is that it all comes down to Iskafya Vesapcha. Everything is predicated on that. And Iskafya Vesapcha, you already know, so to speak. That's from Basilegani. Iskafya means when you don't allow the Yitzhahara to get the better of you, you control the Yitzhahara. And Ishapcha means 
where you turn the Yetzer Hara into, so to speak, a Yetzer Taif, or you turn the Nefesh of Bahamas and its power and its energy into a force for godliness. That's the Skafia Vizabcha. And when we've accomplished the Skafia, and through Skafia long enough, you're going to accomplish Ishabcha. If you see a Bachar that doesn't show up to Chsidis, the only reason that happens is because he hasn't done it for long enough. You know the story of the guy that was celebrating his uh, um, uh, 101st birthday. So one of the reporters over there asked him, how did you come to live so long? How did he stay so healthy? So he said, well, I have this uh, diet that I drink this in the morning and I eat that in the afternoon and I have this exercise um, uh, that I do every single day at this po- at this part of the day, and then stretching and yoga and who knows what else. So he gave a, a whole answer. So the reporter says, well, I have an uncle that did that, and the uncle passed away when he was 49. So the guy says, listen, all I can say is he didn't do it for long enough. <laughs> so this is, I'm sorry, it's a little bit of a morbid joke. Um, so the, th- this is the bottom line, is that if you do iskafya for long enough, then it's going to lead to ishabcha. And that's what Mashiach is. Mashiach is about ishabcha. And when you have ishabcha, you have atzmus. What does it mean when you have ishabcha, you have atzmus? What does ishapcha mean? Ishapcha means that your yetzer hara is acting as a yetzer toiv. Your nefesh abahamis is <coughs> roaring with excitement and love of learning a maimer or of connecting to godliness. Your, your money is pulling to be given to tzedakah and so on and so forth. That's ishapcha. Now that's something which doesn't make sense. Hashem created a world with Seder Hishtalshlos, with limitations. The world which Hashem created has good and bad, light and darkness, life and the opposite of life. And those are parameters which exist throughout the world. There's going higher or lower. There's being more spiritual or more physical. But the concept of ishapcha means that there are no limitations. The concept of ishapcha means that you walk into a Jewish home and inside of that Jewish home, which is built of the same bricks and the same... um, uh, What? mortar that the home next door is built of and you have the same furniture built with the same wood and the same leather and the same mattresses that the home next door does but yet in this Jewish home you feel a godly energy a holy energy a spiritual energy why? because in this home there was this a transformation 
of the darkness into light. It's not a home where there's darkness, it's a home where there's light. And to have such a home of light, a home of illumination, to have such is to be connected to Atmos. Because inside of Seder Shvaltzus, we already said, there's opposites. You can't have the darkness being light. You can't have the physicality being spiritual. You can't have the Malach Hamavas giving more life than the Malach HaChayim. That's only possible in Atmos, where the sleight of hand is not a reality in the first place and where the darkness and the light doesn't exist. There's no difference, there's no differentiation, there's no separation, it's all one. When Mashiach comes, through the Aveda that we do throughout Galus, the Aveda of Iskafia, again and again and again, of doing mitzvahs and staying away from Averis, of controlling ourselves to align ourselves to the Ratzin of Hashem. Through this Aveda that we trained ourselves over the long course of Galus, this causes that when Mashiach comes, the whole world will be in a state of Ishapcha. That means the world, the physical world, will be a dira loy isbarach for Atzmus itself. Two opposites coinciding. Still not understood. I wasn't hoping to make it understood. I was hoping to show how it's 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 despite being a non-understandable concept. Yes. I mean, for Atmos, for the for Atmos, the the plenty essence of Hashem. This world is not like anything but a like but a dream. Not something real. So I never said that. It's not that this world is nothing but a dream to Atmos. To Atmos, the concealment is not real. There's no concealment to Atmos. There's no concealment to Atmos. And if there's no concealment to Atmos, then Atmos can exist in this world as far as Atmos is concerned. But Hashem said, I'm not just going to come down into a world by myself. I'm going to put you onto this world that over the course of almost 6,000 years, you should work to make this world into a place where I can be. And then in the seventh millennium, I will come and show myself inside of this world, which from Hashem's perspective, obviously he was able to do beforehand. But Hashem said, I don't want to do it from my perspective. I want to do it from your perspective. I want it, I want it to happen from below. And that's what we're here for. So how is this all possible? Because you have the ishapcha of darkness into light. 
You don't just have the iskafya. The iskafya means that the koyach of tumah, the impurity, exists. You're just holding it back. You're preventing it from speaking. You're preventing it from expressing itself. But you don't just have this kafya lesitra achra bilvad, levatlam to negate it, lehachniam to humble it. That's what we have during the galus. That's the aveda that we, that we do throughout the galus. Kamoi b'sha'ar galus, like during the rest of the time of galus of exile, when you just have a skafia diksiv, when it says lemake mitzrayim b'vcherehem v'gaymar v'yareg melachem adirim. That Hashem smites, as we spoke earlier in this mimer, the Egyptians with their firstborn, and he kills Melachim Adirim, powerful kings. But that's Iskafia, where the Tumma exists, and Hashem says, boom, I'm going to punch you and push you down, or the Yidin in their Aveda say, I'm not going to listen to you, Yetzir Hara. I'm not going to pay attention to you, despite the fact that you have a voice, I'm going to close my ears to it. But as a result of all of that Aveda, when Mashiach comes, Rak only, Ki oz epach amim then even the nations of the world will have a clear language. That means it won't just be the Yidin that are going to be shouting, Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad, but the whole entire world, every nation in the world, will be saying, Ein Oid Mulvadai. All of the nations, the United Nations, will get up and make a resolution, Ein Oid Mulvadai. And many nations will follow in the way of Hashem. That's the ishapcha which is going to happen when Mashiach comes. Now the Maimir says that this is something that although it's only going to properly occur when Mashiach comes, similar to this, occurred already by the miracle of Purim. What's the miracle of Purim? Right? What's the miracle of Purim? A ishapcha. The miracle of Purim was an ishapcha. Leiva chashverish letoiv. A chashverish who was an evil monster became someone who loved Esther and loved the Jewish people. Achashverish himself. As opposed to Paroi, who had his hand twisted behind his back. That's what it would sound like, but mm. practically we know from other sources that that didn't. So it means within the miracle, it's as if he did Shuvah. Within the miracle, he was good. So it wasn't the completest hapcha. That's going to happen when Mashiach comes. But within the miracle, that's what occurred. That nishapich leiva chashverish l'toiv. Oisoi hapeh atzmai. That very same mouth. We have the the um, halachic concept, the Talmudic concept of pesha osar pesha The mouth that said 
it's forbidden is the very mouth that said it's permissible. That sometimes you could have, let's say you have something on a plate in front of you and someone tells you, you know, this is meat. Now, without them, you would have never imagined that it's meat. But he says, but it was properly shechted, it's kosher. So that's the concept of pesha, asar pesha, yitr. The very mouth that um, said that it's forbidden is the same mouth that said that it's permissible. So, that very mouth, that the nation, you could do with it whatever you want. This is what Achashverosh earlier told Haman. Haman came to Achashverosh with a whole long prepared speech of why he should get rid of the Yidin. And Achashverosh said, Ah, you're talking about the Jews. Go get rid of them. Do whatever you want with them. You don't even need to give me any money. That's how eager he was to destroy the Jews. He's the very same one that said, now write about the Jews as is proper in your eyes. That's the idea of transforming darkness into light. There's the revelation of the Kavit Hashem below, the Makam HaChayshech Davka. And this is the same idea that we spoke about in the end of the Maimar Chayevinish. That on Purim, the full revelation is below. That's why we explained on Purim, there's no need not to do Melacha. Because the whole point of not doing Melacha is to rise up. There is Aliyah. You need to rise up to touch the head of the scepter as you're able to reach it. And you need to rise up in order to be able to reach it. But on Purim, the whole scepter, the whole Sharbit is below here in this world. That's the end of this section. And the next section of the Maimer, we're going to continue and discuss how this is something which is applicable also to the Halacha of Torah, in contrast to the Shakla Vitarya of Torah. The Shakla Vitarya of Torah is an expression of Gallus, of exile. But the halacha of Torah is something which halachis will not be battle when Mashiach comes, just like Purim will not be battle when Mashiach comes. That's something which is an expression of lamata kamaila as we're explaining it over here. We'll continue it tomorrow, as a session.